I'm Ellie Swift, ex-corporate marketer turned CEO and seven-figure business mentor for high-performing women building and scaling their soul-led, intentional, and profitable online businesses. I've coached hundreds of women to make six, multi-six, and seven figures using my signature Swift marketing method. And in this podcast, I'll teach you the strategy, marketing, and mindset to help you do the same. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of Shine Online with Ellie Swift. And today I am chatting with the beautiful and incredibly talented Jessica Williamson. So Jess is an award-winning mindset and business coach and describes herself as a serial entrepreneur because she has run four businesses in the last five years. She's been featured in publications like Forbes, Channel 9, and the West Australian for her expertise in growing businesses online. In the last couple of years, Jess has found her true passion in her work as a business and mindset coach. She loves helping other female entrepreneurs unleash their potential and believe that anything is truly possible and to build a business around their lifestyle. Combining that with her coaching certifications, experience in business and her innovative strategies for growth, you are going to get a ton out of Jess today. I can't wait to introduce you to her. Jess has a one of those mindsets that is infectious and uh, inspiring. So I would recommend listening to this episode before you dive into your work for the day because you're going to feel super pumped and jazzed for everything that's to come. Enjoy this episode and I know you are going to get so much out of it. Jess, I am so, so excited to have you here today. Welcome to Shine Online. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. What I think is so incredibly inspiring about you, and I know that my listeners will agree, is that you ran four businesses in five years. You are someone who I know identifies as being a serial entrepreneur. Can you tell us like the biggest business lessons that you've learned from that time? Like how does one decide to run that many businesses in that amount of time? And what <laughs> what were what were the biggest lessons that you learned as an entrepreneur during that period? Yeah, good question. I don't think one ever really decides. We just like, <laughs> I didn't wake up one day and think, I'm gonna start four businesses. I started with one and then I'm someone who goes very, very fast. Like People always ask me, like, how do you do things so fast or how do you get so much done? Even when I was younger, I used to run everywhere because walking was too slow and my parents would just be yelling out, Jess, slow down. It was like the story of my life. So (laughs) slowing down, I think, is my life lesson. So I started my first business, a swimwear brand, grew that globally, and then it kind of naturally went and I saw opportunities. And I'm someone who, if I have an idea, I just do it. I don't let these thoughts come up like, oh, is it a good idea? What if someone else is doing it? What if I fail? Like none of these thoughts were even in my vocabulary of my brain, you know, self-talk. So 
I was like, okay, I see an opportunity to create this influencer travel agency where I take influencers on trips and do it as more of an agency model and brands can buy packages rather than having to spend, you know, half a million dollars on these trips solo. So I did that, which helped my swimwear brand. And then I thought, okay, maybe I'll get an office space and it'll be fun. I'll have like a photo shoot space and event space downstairs that I can use for my stuff. And I was doing my coaching a bit at that time as well. So I would run coaching events, but then also have swimwear shoots and then rent it out. So I did that and I was like, this will be fun. I'll do it. And then I was also doing a bit of photography on the side. I was doing my coaching all of them were happening at once in 2019, 2020. And I hit like severe burnout. I remember having this moment of sitting in the warehouse venue that I had and my partner was next to me and I've never had like anxiety or things like this, but my body felt like it was about to explode. I was having like a full-blown panic attack in this moment. And I realized like, I can't do this. (laughs) I can't do this anymore. I was just severely burnt out. My health was suffering. All I did was wake up, work, feel anxiety, try and sleep, but I would be woken up due to anxiety and then do it all again. And I did that for like two years straight. And then the two years before that, I was still burnt out because the first year in business, I was working full time, plus flying over to New York Fashion Week, running a global swimwear brand, doing all of that. And then the next year, it was just like, nonstop burnout since the moment I started. And I'm not sure if your audience are familiar, but I'm also a human design projector and we are not (laughs) meant to work in that way. We can, but we're not really meant to. So it started a huge like self-discovery journey, probably, I think it was like 2018, 2019, and just really started to have huge changes like internally and getting out of my comfort zone and, you know, showing up and just putting myself out there because until that point, I didn't even have my name on my website. So started this huge personal development journey. The biggest lessons were just that I don't have to do it all just because I can doesn't mean I need to or should do. And so it was a big realization of like, what does success really mean to me? And success means not feeling stressed every day, not feeling anxious about all the things and having a calm heart. I call it a calm heart because (laughs) I was down south here in WA, down in Margaret River. There was like no phone service. There was just like, I was in nature and it was just so nice. Me and my partner were down there and it was on a weekend. So like wasn't much happening from my team. And I said to him, why does my heart feel so calm? I think there might be something wrong. Like my heart just feels so calm. And it was in that moment that I realized it wasn't that moment that was wrong. It was the whole rest of my days in life that I was living. My heart was on like crazy, crazy high adrenaline just all the time. My idea of success is just having a calm heart and not having endless stress. (laughs) I love that concept of the calm heart so, so much. I'm really curious to know, having personally experienced burnout myself as well, do you believe that you had to navigate burnout in your early stages to get to where you're at now? Or do you believe that with the right information from, say, mentors such as yourself, that is something that's really avoidable? 
Uh, it is 100% avoidable. And probably for the first three years in business, I had no mentors or coach. Mm. And then I had a mentor or coach, which was amazing for me to get out of my comfort zone. And they pushed me to my limits, but they were very much hustle culture coach, you know, like, oh, you shouldn't be watching Netflix because, you know, that one hour could be used on. And I'm like, I'm not for that at all. So I could have definitely avoided it if I had the right coach. I didn't have to stay in my full-time job for the whole year. I just created this story in my mind that the business had to be paying me as much as my job was paying me. And Mm. it was like, that's actually a catch-22 because when I quit my job, it grew 500% in one month. (laughs) So there were so many of these things that I could have avoided if I did have guidance and have a coach. And I'm sure you're the same. Even some of my clients come to me and they're like, Jess, I haven't done enough. I haven't done these things. And I'm like, book yourself a two-day holiday. And they go and book themselves a two-day holiday in Manly, away from the kids, no phone, no work. And they're like, oh, I thought you were going to tell me off for not doing enough work. And I was like, no, no, no. You're going to go have your holiday (laughs) and reset and recharge because we don't have to do it. Also, I was doing all of the things because I wasn't really probably clear on what I wanted to do, which was good for me to experience all these different things. So now I know what I don't want, but if I had maybe worked with a coach who was more aligned with, you know, not hustling or figuring out what success means to you before we go and do all the things, I probably would have avoided a bunch of stuff or like had boundaries or things in place to allow myself that extra freedom. Yeah. This is such a good thing for us to to dive into a little deeper. And I'd love to just stick with this subject for yeah. a second. What I find, I, I think there's so much value in bespoke coaching because mm-hmm. when it comes to like how much you need to work, I find that there's just no one size fits all formula. And so, for example, I'm so like you, Jess, the messaging that I really needed to hear and did hear from mentors in my early days was actually, if you experience deep rest, you're going to be able to go faster. It's Mm -hmm. going to make you more strategic, more aligned, more intentional when you are showing up in your work. Whereas I know, for example, that I have clients in particular seasons of their life where that messaging might not support them, but rather they might identify as someone who's like, I need the boot up the ass. Like I need you to say to me, it's time to go. Like, let's make this happen. Turn off Netflix. Like, let's do the thing. What I think is so great about what you shared there was that you discerned and identified what it is that you specifically needed. Mm. And I I really just wanted to to draw that out because I think that's so key for so many of my listeners is, is really deciding like, am I putting in the work? Because you know, you know whether you're putting in the work or whether you're not, right? And going like, actually, I'm really putting in the work here. That's not my lesson. Like my lesson is in slowing down. My lesson is in being more strategic. Yeah. So I do a lot of one-on-one as well. And that's what I love about it because I like to always dig deep when it's like mindset. It's not like, oh, you're not doing enough. Let's just do more. It's like, why are you not doing the work? And it's like, okay, it's because you have a fear of failure or you have, you know, self-sabotage or these things are popping up. And it's never that you just don't want to do the work because otherwise you wouldn't have these goals, but it's like getting to the bottom of that and shifting that. But yeah, it's so, so good to have the, you know, personalized 
feedback and having someone. I've always had a coach now, you know, to guide me on that journey and just kind of bring me back. And even now I'm like, I let my coach know, I'm like, I need you to call me out. If I'm, you know, if I'm watering myself down or playing small in any way, I need you to call me out. So hundred percent. You segued that really, really beautifully because I want to talk about mindset with you. So mindset I know is, is a really big part of your work now. So how did it become part of your work? You've obviously talked about this journey that you went on personally and a personal development journey. Was there a pivotal point where you decided that mindset was really the thing that you wanted to support your clients with? Mindset has always been something that's just been like in my brain, if that makes sense. Like I never had to learn it for myself, but there was definitely a point where I realized not everyone thinks that way. So when I first started my first business, I decided I'm going to create a global swimwear fashion brand. I had zero experience, zero knowledge. I was 22. I had no money. Like there were all of the reasons why I shouldn't have done it, you know, in a mindset sense, you know, plenty of limiting beliefs that could have come up. They didn't even cross my mind. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to make a swimwear brand. It's going to be global. And I just had this unwavering belief from day one. And then guess what? I got invited to New York Fashion Week, not because of anything other than the belief that then led to actions that then led to an invitation to New York Fashion Week. That has always been a part of my journey. I'm always like, what do you mean? What if it fails? You know, what do you mean? Like, that's not even a thought. I personally don't believe in failure. I believe in choices. Mm -hmm. And from day one, that was kind of my mindset. Even when I was 17, choosing what to study at uni, I remember being at like the, you know, university fair where you get to see what all the courses are about. And I said to my mum, I probably better do management because if I'm going to be a CEO one day, then management will probably be handy. And like this never even came across my mind that, oh, that's a bit eager or that's a bit arrogant or, you know, she's too big for a bit. Like these were just unwavering beliefs that I had. And I honestly don't know where it came from. My parents are pretty like encouraging and things, but that's just the way my brain worked. I was like, what do you mean? Like, of course I'm going to be a CEO, so I better study this. And it just was like logical to me. It wasn't until I was probably a couple of years in or started to just speak to other people in business and started to get exposed to like the coaching world and things like that, that I realized, wow, people don't think this way. Like this is not the natural state of thinking. And I think that also works the other way where if you have a lot of limiting beliefs or, you know, self-sabotage or things coming up, you might assume that that's just normal as well. So that was a real eye-opener for me. And actually through my first coaching experience, there was a lot of personal development and like building of my confidence and all of that. And I do put down, you know, my confidence and the fact that I've built a personal brand and everything to that coaching experience, although it was a bit burnout-y, it helped build my confidence up. But it was through that that they were like, kind of encouraging me to be a coach with them. So they actually paid for me to do NLP certifications, hypnosis and power of change, like all of these things to work through, you know, change of the subconscious mind. And that just like exploded my brain. I was like, this is amazing. And when I was younger, I always thought I wanted to be a psychologist because I just loved the way brains work, but also 
I'm scared of the darts. Like I can't even touch that kind of stuff, but I'm like, this is the kind of psychology that I love psychology to success. This is like what I was born for. I feel like, so that's kind of pretty cool. It kind of happened organically, but they paid for me to go through these so that I could be a coach in their big business, which meant that I was flying all over the country all of the time working with them. But then I could also do my own meetings and just do all of this cool stuff. But their business didn't resonate with me. It was very like Tony Robbins vibe, you know, bro marketing, smokes and mirrors. Like that wasn't my vibe. I'm all, you know, they told you, oh, you can't be friends with your clients and all of this kind of thing. That's not my vibe. I want to be friends with who I want to be friends with. So, (laughs) so yeah, I stopped working with them pretty quickly after that, but that was great. It got me to where I wanted, where I needed to be and expanded my mind and got me through that. So I now get to combine like my natural state of thinking or like just believing that really anything is possible. And that is kind of the message that I've always gone out with is like anything really is possible. And then it's helping people realize that it is and having that belief in themselves as well. And then combining the, you know, more formatted tools and things that I can use with my clients to really work into their subconscious mind or shift the things that are deeper down inside. I'm interrupting this episode for just a minute to tell you more about how you can be coached by me in 2022. So the way that I coach my clients to build six-figure and multi-six-figure businesses is through my two well-known mastermind programs, SwiftMind and Six Figure Circle. If you're a coach, creative, or a consultant wanting to build a six-figure, multi-six, or seven-figure business, then I'd absolutely love to support you. The next round starts in September 2022, and we often sell out before announcing to the public. If you want to save a space, you need to be on the wait list. So to do that, just jump on over now to elliswift.com forward slash mastermind. Let's dive back into the episode. So clients that come to you who don't necessarily have those core beliefs that you have, and maybe they're they're lacking in confidence, they're feeling wobbly, they've never had that innate sense of I can do the thing, and they've got goals to build, say, a six-figure business, what do you say to them? How do you support them when that's something that's not as innate as it is for you? Yeah. So I like to always just get to the real core of it because, you know, we could talk about self-sabotage or clients come to me and they say, oh, just lacking motivation. I'm just, you know, self-sabotaging, not doing the thing. We could talk about organizing your schedule. We could talk about managing your to-do list and scheduling time and being more motivated. And I could be on your tail telling you every day to get up and do the thing. But there's always a deeper belief. And that's where I I don't personally believe in self-sabotage because it's always just your brain trying to protect you. So if we can understand what your brain is trying to protect you from, maybe it's your fear that the more success equals more hustle and burnout. And you're like, hell no, I don't want that. Or maybe it's like you have this idea that more success means less time with your kids and family. And I had an amazing client and we worked through this because she kept coming up against roadblocks and she just wasn't progressing, wasn't doing the work. And it was because she had this deep belief that if I get more successful, I'm going to have to sacrifice time with my kids. 
Of course. Like, why would your brain allow that to happen? Because her most important thing in her world were her kids. So you're never going to let the business take over your kids, but then we could work through a way that actually solved the problem rather than saying, oh, let's just get more motivated or organize your schedule better because deep down she would still have this belief. But the biggest challenge is most people don't realize these are the beliefs or these are the subconscious things happening behind the scenes. So I always like to get really deep down and figuring out what is it specific to you that is holding you back. And it's never motivation. It's never self-sabotage. It is something deeper. And what are the beliefs that come up most that you find? So, or the the stories, the things that are the, the biggest prohibiting factors to building a six-figure business, because I'm sure for everyone that's listening, I imagine if you're listening, you're, you're, you're identifying with some of these examples that Jess is providing right now and going, oh, I could relate a little bit to that. Oh yeah, I hear myself in that. I'd love to know the biggest ones that, that come up for your clients just to kind of create some of that resonance for our listeners. Yeah, so I tend to attract a lot of introverts or I tend to attract a lot of projectors in business as well. And we as like projectors have this... Design. Like yeah, we have this whole story of like being the good girl or flying under the radar and not being seen. And I think a lot of people also struggle from, you know, the idea of being seen. And so the biggest one that I'm seeing coming up at now, especially if you've got a personal brand, mm. is the fear of being seen. Because when you're seen, it opens you up to haters. It opens you up to judgment. And then we get one negative comment or we get one even just we're like, oh, they will think I'm silly or they will think, you know, who am I to be claiming this or sharing my income online or or claiming my worth? That is the number one thing. And it's mm. like, firstly, who are they? Because they usually don't exist. But secondly, I've recently moved into the mindset of if my post or if my social media or if my marketing isn't going to trigger someone or upset someone in a way, then I'm probably not speaking my truth to the fullest because no matter what you say, it's going to upset someone. And so now I'm using that as my my own bullshit radar, I guess. Yes. <laughs> of like, will this possibly upset someone or like get some hate or someone will take it the wrong way? If yes, then great, I'm on the right path because I used to always delete things or reword things because I'm like, oh, what if they think I'm arrogant? Or what if they think I'm, you know, calling them out, but I don't want to upset anyone. I want to be the nice and the good girl. So that's kind of been my own journey, but also a lot of things coming up for my clients at the moment, especially around personal brands is that fear of judgment, that fear of being seen. And sometimes it's happening subconsciously. Sometimes we know damn well it's happening as well. (laughs) So totally something big. It's always such an interesting thing because you said just then, like, what will they think of me? And so often when we drill down, it's like, well, who are they? Mm-hmm. And so often they are not our ideal client, right? They're, you know, maybe the boss that we once worked for yeah. that we still are fearful of what they're going to think of us or other people in our industry and what they might think of us. I often say to my clients, when you experience people push back on your message or when you get trolls that are that are reaching out to you 
that's when you know that your message has potency. That's when mm-hmm. you know your message has impact. And that's when you know that you're really on the right track. Yeah. And people are so magnetized to people who have a voice, a point of view, a position on something. Yeah, really, really being able to do that and and know that you get to do that and know that creating that polarity, that polarization is so, so powerful. So thank you so much for sharing that. Let's touch on comparison for a moment because along with that fear of being seen, so often we can get into the stickiness of comparison. So you spoke about being a personal brand and showing up as a personal brand and you know, navigating fear of being seen through putting yourself out there. What I absolutely find is that when we're doing that, there are times when we we question the way that we show up because we start looking at the way that everyone else is showing up and go, well, I need to show up like them or I need to be, you know, doing more reels or I need to be speaking more about this or, oh, that's a really good point. My point sucks because I've seen something mm. better or everything else out there has been said before. What is the process that you recommend if somebody's feeling really quiet or reserved about showing up because they believe that everything out there has already been done or they're feeling any of those like sticky comparison feels? Yeah, there's so many different parts that I want to dive into with comparison. But when it comes to comparison, I think the first, I mean, if I'm going to talk logically or, you know, um, tangibly, I just mute. I mute or unfollow everyone that I even have an inkling or thought about. Mm. A lot of them are probably my friends because they're on similar levels in business to me. They work in a similar industry, but they have a different point of view. Mm. So, you know, I've seen people posting stuff up saying, don't ever share your income online because it's this and this and that. And I know you openly share, I share as well. And I'm like, that triggered me a little bit. So I'm like, I'm just going to mute it because I know what's true for me is that I want to share it because the right people are going to be inspired by it. And maybe whether that was their own point of view and that's helped them, that's okay. But maybe it's their own triggers projecting, you know, putting into the content, whatever it is. So I think when it comes to comparison, I like to just mute firstly. And then I like to just always come back and check in with myself. Like what is true for me? Cause even I feel it. I'm like, Oh, everyone says I should be on TikTok because like you can go viral overnight. But then what I start to feel inside is like, overwhelm or you know pressure and I'm like does this feel good for me does this feel good does this feel aligned and there's a difference between does it feel good or bad because I'm scared and I've got a limiting belief and then there's does this feel good or bad because it's just not aligned Mm -hmm. with where I'm going when I dig deeper into okay I feel the need to show up on TikTok Instagram email podcast like all the things TikTok would just be another one and it just feels too big for me. I just come back to that, you know, does it feel good? And what is my belief behind why I need to show up is because, oh, maybe I can't grow my business as big or as fast if I'm not on TikTok. And then I can dismantle that belief because it's like, yes, I can. I just need to focus my energy on the three platforms that I know are working for me and that work best for me. So There's a lot of self-awareness involved and understanding our values 
and our goals and being really clear on what you're about first because if you're not clear on what you're about it's more easy to get sucked into the comparison because you're like oh they're doing that and to be honest I think that's one of the reasons why I started so many businesses as well because I was like that looks like a cool idea I could totally do it like I did it you know they were all very successful businesses but like I only did that because I saw someone else doing it and I wasn't clear at the time what my idea of success was. And so I ended up somewhere so far away from what that really meant, but it was, it's all part of the journey as well. So I think just having that super self-awareness and then cutting out all of the noise. I was having a conversation with my husband the other day because he's building something at the moment where he's going to be coming into the online space as a personal brand. So cool. And very exciting. And I said to him, you know, what I see is that you really need to have a strong sense of self to be able to to show up in the online space and connect back to your personal brand. Because I identify as someone who's got a really strong sense of self And yet the online space is noisy. Mm -hmm. It's noisy. You know, if you are online and you're looking at what everyone's doing, it is so easy for your personal beliefs, your own messaging to feel skewed, especially if you're an open-minded individual, because it's easy to go, yeah, that is a great idea. Mm -hmm. I love that. And that's not a bad thing, but if you spend way more time in consumption than you do in creation and way more time viewing all of that content and anchoring into other people's perspectives, it is so much harder to to really anchor back to your own. And you're doing yourself such a disservice by not allowing yourself that time and space to anchor back into what's true for you first and foremost. And so I love that you shared that. I love that you spoke to muting others and muting people who are your friends and that not meaning anything. It more being a, this is a strategic decision to mute these people so that I can hear myself knowing that I'm still following them. I'm still supporting their work by following them. And I'm going to, to follow people who make me feel really good. And just, just a final point around that, which I think is so interesting is like, what's so cool here is that what you're speaking to is that you end up continuing to follow people that make you feel good. Mm. And so isn't that just such a great lesson for everyone that's listening? Like being that personal brand, we're always thinking about how can we show up for our ideal clients? You know, I know that I want my ideal clients to follow me and feel really energized and excited and inspired, as you said before, by what I'm sharing and feel great about themselves. And so thinking about like, how do you want your ideal clients to feel? And I think you do that so well, Jess, you know, I've seen your messaging really focused around projectors and introverts and being so conscious and mindful of, Hey, like you can achieve in business and this is how, and like you can show up as an introvert and this is how. And so I love that so much because it's just always coming back to that point around service, which is is so key. And so celebrating you for doing that in the yeah. way that you Thank you. And just one more point that I just wanted to add on the whole comparison thing. I see a lot of whether they be coaches or people online, they go through this process when they talk about comparison. And what they say is, oh, you don't really know how well they're doing behind the scenes. You don't know how bad they're struggling behind the scenes. You don't know how much money they've spent to reach their success. I call bullshit on that. Like, I want to say, can we stop? Because what you're actually doing is pulling someone else down 
back to where you feel like you're at so that you can feel better. Instead of saying, wow, they're at this new height. Amazing. How can I elevate myself up there? How can I be inspired rather than pulling someone down back to your level so you can feel better about yourself? That's just tall poppy syndrome. And I just see so much narrative around that online. And I'm like, can we please stop it? Because what you're actually doing is trying to cap other people's success so that you can feel a bit better about your own success. But it's like, yes, we understand. We know the facts. We don't see all of the picture behind the scenes, but it doesn't mean they've had the shittest time getting there. (laughs) Totally. Yep. Exactly right. Exactly right. It's that thing of like, you could look at it and go, oh, it's actually been a struggle for them. But if you want what they've got, don't you want it to be easier? Yeah. <laughs> like it's not going to benefit everyone if if it is easier. Like that's yeah. going to benefit you. It's not going to benefit you to believe that it's so incredibly hard to get mm-hmm. there. So thank you for sharing that point. Jess, I've loved this conversation so much. Thank you for all the value that you've shared. It just means so much to me that you've taken the time to communicate all these things with with our community. Tell us for anyone who's interested in learning more about you or wants to share, you know, their favorite part of this episode with you, where can we find you? Yes, I would love to hear your favorite parts of the episode or just any takeaways, but you can find me over on Instagram at jess.williamson8 and I reply to everyone in the DMs. It's me in there, so feel free to drop me a DM or come and say hey anytime. So good. Thank you so much for being here. I've loved this chat so much. Thank you so much.